G'day listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Keeper League podcast. With our AFL Fantasy podcast that doesn't talk about the superstars, we only talk about the lesser knowns and the players that are going to bring value to your draft and Keeper League teams. Uh, tonight we're joining you from our, uh, well you guys are joining us from your bedrooms, I'm in the studio. Uh, say day, boys, Dossie and Kays are with me as per usual. Hello, happy. G'day mate. Uh, Dossie, do you want to explain what's going on while we while we in, uh, doing an ISO recording tonight? What's happening? Oh, I've got it, mate. I've I've got the the vid. The, Leather uh, poisoning from footy on the weekend, right? <laughs> oh yeah. I oh, wish, mate. No, no, no <laughs> game for me this weekend. Um, in fact, funny story. Um, copped a bit of ISO firsthand because I was I didn't have it. I, I was a close contact, courtesy of Mrs. Doss having a nice expedition to the wool shed on Hindley. Um, so thank you thanks to the Woolshed on Hindley for our Adelaide listeners um, for Pop and Dossie with the Cove uh, gave that to Mrs Doss and then um, vicariously Dossie did get the, the vid so yeah um, well, well last week you were saying that um, your missus is doing a bit of bar work at the moment and you're saying that um, she served all the Crows players or something at the at a function the, the week before or something like that so I thought you might have caught it actually from your boy Jordan Dawson uh, you know <laughs> Like somehow, so somehow he was a part of you and your like COVID brothers or something like that. Oh, I would uh, love that. that I would have loved that. Uh, unfortunately, no. It was just some some person in the uh, the filthy filthy streets of Hindley. But um, <laughs> well, the good thing is, it's probably not the worst thing catching the bullshit. Yeah. So um, COVID's pretty good. Okay, he's on fire early. Good work. All right, uh, we're going to get stuck into the round four recap, but uh, we'll get uh, we'll get a message from our sponsors in. So, uh, Testicular Cancer Awareness Month is underway with uh, Manscaped. So, um, yeah, basically their slogan for the month: Check yourself uh, before you wreck yourself. So, while you're down there with your Manscaped products, uh, make sure you're having a good look around and uh, yeah, making sure everything's in check down there. Um, But yeah, basically this month everything uh, that's sold through Manscaped. There'll be a portion of it donated to, um, yeah, testicular uh, cancer awareness. So, um, yeah, get 20% off and free shipping with the code KEEPER20 at manscaped.com. That's uh, KEEPER20 at manscaped.com. 20% off, free shipping. And, uh, yeah, you can uh, hook yourself up with a few Manscaped products. Now, Dossie, with the COVID, you've obviously got the blocked nose. Um, Have you been finding that the weed whacker, uh, just to clear all the hairs out at least, um, is kind of giving you that bit of extra breath that you need? Uh, yeah, mate. No, actually, I've let them flourish for a bit because I think that's their job, isn't it? To leave, let the um, let the bacteria and stuff get caught. But once once the vid's done, I'll definitely be getting in there because it is getting a bit Thornberry esque up there at the moment. There's plenty of hairs coming out of Dossie's nossies. Um, but yeah, the- yeah. I thought you were actually. Um- I thought you were rocking a moustache, but it's actually just your nostril hairs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, nah, the weed whack will be um, in full use. It's on full charge. I'll need some new batteries for that one um, coming out. So, yeah, be ready for that one. All right. Uh, all right. That's enough uh, stuffing around with the COVID and the, the Manscaped stuff. Uh, let's get into the round rewind. All right, uh, first game of the week was a dour affair for me. Anyway, I think a dour affair for uh, most people viewing the game. So much, in fact, that uh, did you I say dour got affair? To a- Sorry. No, I did not, D- Dossie. I said dour. Similar, similar connotations. Both are bad. Yes, so. okay. Yes, um, but yeah. Uh, so much, in fact, it was that dour that I actually felt found myself just tuning out for basically the entire half of footy um, and just talking shit with my mates and drinking a few beers and just completely not caring about what was going in front of me. So, any of you guys notice any good 
players. Dossie, were you watching this one? Do you notice any good players out there that we can talk about? Yeah, I noticed one because I was watching it for um, for classic reasons, actually. I don't have too many draft players from Port or Melbourne, but my, my vice captain on the weekend was Christian Petrarca um, in that format. And unfortunately, I noticed a man on Port Adelaide that was doing a fantastic job in limiting him, which was uh, Willem Drew. So he was, he was tagging him from the opening bounce and... God, it was frustrating because mainly, usually when you have a tag early and you're getting blown out, or either way, like you're either getting smashed or you're smashing a team, usually the tag gets released. And as you would have been well aware, Hef, your boys were getting absolutely spanked on the weekend. Oh, were we? And uh, Ken didn't release the tag from... the starting whistle to the end of the siren. So, Willem Drew, he did a great job tagging Petrarca, and I think it's a role he'll keep getting into the future. And, you know, he scored okay. So, it's pretty good signs for him continuing in that midfield role. So, I did notice that one, Hef. Yeah, don't love taggers, but they can go, you know, every now and then. And someone like Willem Drew kind of wasn't um, super hot prop in a draft, so you probably got him at a reasonable price, at a reasonable draft pick, and you'd be happy with the scores that he can produce. The other player was the delicious return of Miles Bergman. You know, I'm a massive fan of this guy. He's just a gun. Um, his first game back in the side after preseason shoulder surgery, and he looked right at home immediately. This guy's just such a gun. Um, ability to get those plus sixes. I love this guy. Um, are you a big fan as well of Bergman, uh, Kays? I am. I, I was actually had this weird flashback. I think it might have been an isopod we were doing that. You were just uh, all over Bergman in the preseason, and uh, it's pretty easy to see why. Uh, I watched bits and pieces of this game on Thursday, and he was easily the the guy that caught my eye from a you know keeper league podcast standpoint. He was um, sensational. I just can't believe I missed uh, missed the kind of waiver wire um, plug on our show last week for the for members because uh, yeah, he was super under owned, and I think he still is at the moment. But uh, yeah, super super good talent and a good stash for future years. Yeah, so if you miss his score, he got 25 disposals, 10 marks and 92. But on the eye test, he was one of the only poor players that stood up in that team. And yeah, it just looks great. The other player I just want to note, Hef, was Luke Jackson. Another big score from a guy that I was saying was uh, very worthy of drafting. So he popped a 94. In the third round. Well, he popped a 90. Well, it's a keeper, mate. So, you know, you've got this guy for his career. He's popping 90s as a forward ruck. Imagine what he's going to do as a pure ruck in a few years' time. So, um, yeah, great game from him. And that's all I had for you, mate. What did you see live in action? Uh, the things I did notice while I was, uh, whilst I was there was um, oh, Riley Bonner. Just I could not not notice him. Um, just a stack of touches. He had 125 points and um, he had this half-back role that Port just did not look like they wanted to move the ball forward at all. It was more so they were just trying to stop scoring than actually score themselves. Um, so, yeah, he just basically chipped around all day, um, plus sixes galore, and just racked them up. And then just while we're on the topic, I guess, just Port defenders in general, like, just just goes to show how much this game was just a chippy chip uh, piece of crap, really. Uh, Tom Jonas had 109, Ryan Burton had 107. He actually did some nice attacking things, but uh, Tom Cleary, 94, Darcy Byrne Jones, 87, and he's probably probably going to be in the 2G conversation um, in the next week or so, Darcy Byrne Jones, if he keeps it up, because he's actually putting up some good scores um, this season. But uh, yeah, I 
I just wouldn't ride, you know, I wouldn't read into these Port defenders too much on the back of these scores. Um, a lot of it was uh, with the type of the way the game was played, essentially. So, yeah, I just thought I'd throw that in there. Um, but a player that I did like was Sam Pepper, um, 86 points. He only had the one CBA, but um, he comes into the contest around the ground. So he starts forward, but he does push up and get involved. And the good thing about this is because of those starting positions, he will keep forward status because champion data um, do factor all of their, a lot of their you know starting positions or their position changes and stuff on where they start at the center bounce. Um, so as long as you're doing 35% or more um, in a position, they'll generally give you a DPP status. So this is great because Ultimate Footy follows those initially at the start of the year. They don't follow them throughout the year like uh, AFL Fantasy does. But uh, yeah, if he keeps that up, he'll be four status at the start of next year as well. So that's a good thing for uh, for uh, owners out there. But yeah, he's averaging 73 and he's got a 43 next to his name. So all the other scores have been very reasonable. Um, should be you know in that 80 plus conversation. So yeah, might be in that 2G conversation too. Hey, Hef, do you reckon the number one pickup off the waiver wire this week is uh, is your your beloved saying, though? Hashtag Sack Ken. <laughs> it's definitely going in momentum. Uh, a mate of mine was walking down O'Connell Street, which is uh, the, the, um, the street north of, uh, of Adelaide Oval, and basically everyone he was walking past on the street was just saying that Ken's lost the players and it's time for him to go and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely growing. I was way before the trend, but uh, that's generally the way I operate anyway, way ahead of the trend. But uh, let's talk about the next players from Melbourne, and that is uh, James Harms is the first one I'm going to talk about. So he had 99 points, um, and I don't know, because it's hard, it's hard when you're at the game. I was sitting behind the goals for this one as well so it's actually kind of get it hard to judge of where all the starting positions are and stuff like that but James Harms had 99 points and it seemed for me like he was splitting time between the wing and uh, up forward a little bit so Dossie I don't know what you were probably watching the game do you think he's a sneaky chance of forward status um I did flag this in the preseason that he might be moving out and moving you know starting up forward a bit more kick two goals do you reckon there's a chance yeah Jay I wasn't watching James I'm James Harms too closely to be honest but yeah it's a sniff he's been around the place and, and he's kind of like that guy where they don't really know where to fit him so um, he'll probably play a bit of mid bit of forward and you know I don't know if he's been I don't think he's been playing back at all this year so yeah you, you might get no, that mid hasn't. forward status yeah, that'll be an interesting one if that does happen. Um, just quickly, a few mentions here, I guess. So, Stephen May had 94 points, um, nine marks and 20 kicks. He had 10 kickouts. Uh, it took all of them. So, Bowie with no kick-ins this week. So, that's got to be a bit concerning for owners out there. But he's always one of the better key defenders for fantasy. So, Stephen May is uh, always one I'm keen on. Um, never 2G4P, but, you know, always something we bring up all the time. Same with James Jordan at the moment. Uh, he had 77 points from 76% time on ground. He's doing okay on the wing. Like, we thought he wouldn't even be best 22 this season, but... He's doing well, but he's one you just got to hold for the future and hopefully can get a bit more inside time in the in the future. Yeah, and look, don't drop Bowie based off this performance, please, because Port def- playing against sorry defenders against Port has been really a tough matchup this year. You saw Brayshaw last week get a one fifty back to a seventy this week. Like they've been a tough matchup for defenders, and you saw Port came out immediately and tried to just hold complete possession. Like we saw all the all the Port defenders go massive because Melbourne couldn't, you know, Melbourne was smashing them but doing you, it efficiently. You promised so me that Bo was going to go actually and score a ton this week, Dossie. You said that this is a blip in the radar and that he's a 100 average player and if he doesn't score 100 this week, you said you're going to dye your hair like Jack Ginnivan. Is that true? <laughs> There's a lot of bullshit coming out of your mouth, mate. Um, don't know how any of that's true, but um, we'll see Bowie bounce back this week with a, let's give it a... 75 plus doing the uh, All right. lower range. Let's move on to the next game. Enough Bowie chat. Let's go. 
All right, uh, I've got Geelong and Brisbane. So, just moving straight into Geelong and Mark Blitzarv's 125 points. So, Radigalier was a late out and plenty of ruck time for Blitzarv's in this game. So, mixing his time there. And I think um, Geelong is quite comfortable playing in there due to the emergence of Sam DeConning. So, Sam DeConning played, even though he didn't score very well and he's not a fantasy option, he played a really nice role for them in defence, which usually Blitzarv's has to hold down that role. I reckon they're going to unleash him in the ruck a little bit more, even maybe with Arata Galea back in the side, because Segler's still out for ages. He's got defender status, and we've seen Blissavs in the past have a really good role in there, and he can score that 85 to 90-plus when he's playing in that ruck split. You guys got an interest in Blissavs, because I think he's one of the sort of waiver options I didn't, you know, in your waiver podcast. Oh, we've seen him do it all the time. We did actually bring him up in the waiver podcast, but the issue with... Um the issue with Blitzarv is like, we see this every year, you have a spurt in the ruck and then he went up back where he was before. Um, so it's good for the short term always with Blitzarv, but never generally seems to hold for the long term. That's my main concern. What are your thoughts? I'm, I'm, a, I'm fan while it lasts as well. Um, you know, I, I, wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't expect it to last that long, but at the same time, he brought something so much better than what they've had in there recently. And I actually think it's something that they might look at using a bit more, you know, 22 disposals, seven marks, eight tackles and 20 hit outs. So, um, yes, he was against Darcy Fort, but, you know, I think it's something they'll try. I think you are tapping into something there, though, because the difference we really saw was him being used up forward. Um, we don't generally see that with um, with Blitzoff when he is doing the ruck chop out. It would generally be between back and forward. So that was a difference, I guess, because if they do opt to play him up forward over Radigalia, then there'll definitely be that ruck forward role there for him long term. So it's just statistically we don't see the ruck forward role actually score that well. It's just a bit of a bit of a myth that it actually does. Yeah, well, like I said, I think De- I just think DeConning's inclusion is huge in this. Like, there's someone that can yeah, fill Blissard's role. They haven't had someone that can really lock down and do that role. So, anyway, it's just something to look at. And I'm actually, you know, I'm keen to pick him up and see how it goes. Um, don't know how long-term, like you said. Mark O'Connor, back in the side, 76 points. The mock lock was back. He was tagging Neil. Um, so, no Selwood in there. You know, that helps his mid-time as well. I think he'll deploy be deployed as a tagger at times this year. I don't know if he's much of an option um, these days. So he's going to be completely irrelevant unless tagging, but he might be a streaming option if you see that there's a player that he's going to line up on and tag because he can sort of get his own pill as well and lay a few tackles. So a little bit of interest, but not too much. He's done it in the past, doesn't last. Um, Grian Myers, he returned to the side as well for 84 points. So first game back and was actually a late replacement um, in there for Radagalia. So that was pretty nice return. 25 touches. I think the new fast ball movement for Geelong really suits him. So he also smashed. <laughs> he took advantage of a limping Zorko. Have you guys seen Zorko play this year? What's like, why? Uh, What's going on? I saw him round one and there was um, there was something to do with he had some scar, was it scar tissue? He had some surgery in the off season and something else that's going on with his foot. But apparently he's, he said something like he feels like he's walking around with like a rock in his boot or something the whole time. So yeah, it's a bit weird. Like, I mean, I'm no me- I'm no medical professional and they're, uh, you know, they're great at the Brisbane because they've- are you, are you sure? They've You've had enough injuries to know about They've had them. a lot of people, um, you know, have pretty bad uh, injury histories and come there and dominate, but- what a, he's like, it can't be great for his gait and like his structures. He's he's literally just limping around there. Anyway, I just found it weird. Um, all right, moving on to Brisbane. 
we'll talk about Darcy Fort, who it was his revenge game, getting a full game in the ruck with no big O. So he performed well with 91 points. If you see big O's out of the side, he's going to be able to do this. He, he's performed strongly in state league level before. So I, I don't know if big O's injury was a long one, but he, he's he probably suspended. back soon, isn't he? Was he suspended? Oh, I was suspended. Okay, so he'll be back soon. But I still like Darcy Fort in the side, and he's pretty safe, like F5, F6 kind of thing at the moment with his forward ruck split. But you can see that if he gets the opportunity to go in there and be a ruck, he can score well. Dan McStay, um, I reckon a bit of a favourite of the Keeper League pod just because he comes in and gets the job done, um, especially late last year when Hipwood went down. He went on a stretch of about, I don't know if it was a four or five or six weeks where he was going like 80 to 90 plus. Um, so anyway I'll just say I'm an, you want I'm to an owner this case year uh, very upset with his first two games but his last two games have been fantastic the difference is watching him a bit on Friday night he's back clunking those marks he wasn't taking those marks and kicking those goals the first two rounds and you're right I did some math yeah, just before he averaged 91 in his last five games last year so he can really really dominate if he wants to I really wanted to jump in here so Kays didn't uh, steal my theory at the uh, in the what we talked about on the wave wire podcast but um i would have blamed you if you did it's bloody good it's a bloody good theory but uh look um the thing with mcstay is they'll talk about this on the commentary that because he's a free agent at the end of this year so there's a lot of talk about worrying about hipwood coming back and all that sort of stuff free agent at the end of this year and apparently a lot of clubs are sniffing around too so we might see him as like a number one forward target at another club uh sometime next season so i'm just want to put that in there because um yeah a lot of people worried about hipwood coming back but there could be a future for him as a fantasy scorer that's all yeah, and, and like you said, 84, 94, his last two weeks, and we've seen a big stretch of him doing that last year. So he can get hot. So yeah, um, obviously you've mentioned that on the member-exclusive Waverwire podcast. I think he's a good shout to maybe be a really nice um, option for the next few weeks. Um, Cam Rayner, 53. Now, I just wanted to mention, it's just a bit of an apology. I think in the preseason, I said he's the, the Paddy Dow of this year. I just wanted to apologise because um, that's disrespecting Paddy Dow. So... Um, Paddy's much better than that. <laughs> All right, we'll leave it at that. Uh, we'll move on to Sydney versus North Melbourne, which was the, the game I watched. So, um, first player I'll talk about is Justin McInerney, podcast favourite, so we don't need to talk about him too much. We've spruiked him a lot over the years, but he had 107 points on the wing. But the thing was, it was a pretty quiet game until quarter four, and then he had um, 54 points in the last quarter with 14 <laughs> touches on the back of that. So, he's going to be a super solid option, I think, um, Yeah, in your, in your defence this season. Not sure about how it goes forward, but uh, yeah, what we saw on the weekend was just how quickly he can get on his bike and score, which is always a good sign for fantasy, I think. Um, another one is Ollie Florence. So, 92 points. And I think this, just this year we've seen the transition to the inside midfield role. Um, I think he's another one that's just a, a solid option for your ins- uh, sorry for your last midfield spots. Saw him play on the wing a lot previously in his career. Um, and we've seen wingers struggling a lot this year as well. So, it's probably good that he did move inside. But yeah, he is another good option um, for one of your last midfield spots as well. Now, one of our favourites, Dossie, uh, Braden Campbell. He had 88 points. So, it was actually a good sign to see him put up a decent score. He had 16 kicks and five handballs at uh, 81% disposal efficiency. Now, they actually 
actually marked Blakey super close in this game and basically shut him down. So he really picked up the scraps on the back of that. Um, didn't take any kick-ins, but there was only three kick-ins for the entire game for uh, Sydney. So I think uh, two went to Lloyd and one went to um, one went to Blakey. So that was it. But yeah, I think just seeing Braden Campbell put up a score like this is good signs. It's just um, you, you still wonder about the the mouths and you know how many there are to feed at Sydney. But uh, you know, go on, Dossie. I know you want to talk about Braden Campbell. What what do you think of him? Do you think he can kind of produce this again? Oh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan. You do make a great point, though. Blakey was shut out of the game, and so he's probably going to get a stack of those disposals. But long term is probably where what you and I both like Campbell, I think. Um, the other thing is Campbell might be able to get more of a um, role eventually through the midfield, which is where he played his junior career as well. So um, there's sort of scope for him to score in a number of ways. So, you know, he's not just limited to being this defender for us um, long term as well. So that's just something to note. But... Um, yeah, great science just to get a nice score on the board, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and that's true, but there's just so much depth there, Sydney. It just makes it hard. But um, yeah, we'll move on anyway. Peter Adams, uh, 58 points. He's, he's had 58 points but spent a fair chunk of the ground uh, – sorry, a fair chunk of time off the ground with a concussion test. So I think it was most of the third quarter he missed. So this is a forward with Hickey out. I still think it's good signs. Um, what was interesting I saw was um, Sam Reid came in and was used as the second ruck. Um, so, yeah, we've um, seen quite a few different players kind of used through there. But, yeah, just a new one thrown into the mix as well. So, maybe um, we don't have to worry about um, uh, McLean coming in and uh, taking his role as a ruckman or anything like that. If that's what they're going to be going with, they might be, you know, looking at rolling out Peter Laddams long term. So, that might be interesting to look at over the next few weeks as well. But moving on to some North Melbourne players. So, Jaden Stevenson had 122 points. He is technically 2 g 4 because he averaged over the 80 mark last year. But I just want to pat us on the back uh, last week because we were flagged that he needs to spend more time in the midfield to get involved in the game. That's where he's best played. He did that on the weekend and scored well. So I think a good coaching call from us and it uh, shows that Noble listens to this podcast, I think. So, yeah, good to hear. Uh one of the best rookies of this year's draft, Jason Horn Francis, had 94 points. And this is the best game we've seen him play so far. And, he, you know, while he was out there racking him up, he looked like an absolutely, you know, contested beast. But the big issue is he did not score a point in the last quarter and did play 85% time on ground for the game too. So I know it's early days and we shouldn't something we should worry about, but maybe that's a sign of the tank not quite being there. I'm not really sure. I'm sure it developed. But uh, what do you think, Case? You've always been Horn Francis's biggest fan. Um, I don't think so. Is there any concern about that? As he said, like he was, he was absolutely on fire yeah. early on, and I think you know you got to expect a bit of you know drop off, um, especially when you're playing that inside contested game like he does. You know, like uh, no offense to Nick Dacos, he's a star, but he just floats around halfback, kind of you know getting cheap peel or not that inside kind of that stuff. So more than happy to give him the benefit of the doubt. Love seeing that he's actually put up a big score. I think that's. Um, reward for, for owners who took him early in their drafts. Yeah, absolutely. No, I was pretty happy to see it as well. Uh, Luke McDonald's the next player, um, 103 points. He split his time between uh, the halfback line and wing. He's a week-to-week proposition, but he's averaging 80 at the moment and two of his games, uh, two of his four games have been tons. It's just the, the other two have been really low. So, yeah, it's just interesting to see where he plays at the moment. Um, I guess on the back of this... Um, oh, sorry, Dossie, you got your hand up there. You want to say something about Luke McDonald? Oh, just because you get, you're going to mention him in a couple of times. I think a role change in this game is going to... Like, I'm so interested in McDonald now just I'll let you talk about the the role change in this game but it made me so much more keen on McDonald going forward yeah well the role change affects well two players at the moment I'm seeing so um 
Zebo obviously is who I'm talking about next. So he played up forward um, and kicked five goals, but only scored 80 points. So the thing about Zebo is like we've seen him as a defender, absolutely rack up loose peel in the back lines over the last few years, comes in and plays a super awesome game up forward, almost kind of wins them the game off his own boot. So, but then we see that completely wreck his fantasy scoring really so my thoughts on Zeeble is he might be one you might want to sell high or sell now while you can because if someone didn't watch the game on the weekend they might see oh Zeeble good defender rah, 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 um, and take the trade and not actually kind of look at what's going on who knows next week he might go back in defence and just do the same old role but uh, yeah that's just a bit of a red flag a warning sign <laughs> there if you will but the other one that kind of helped out as well was Bailey Scott so that kind of just freed up a bit of spot with McDonald playing a bit more on the wing and only having Aaron Hall back there Zeeble up forward. Bailey Scott kind of got off the leash a little bit and scored 79 points and he actually has a, had a pretty family, fantasy friendly role back there so he just needs to find more footy and if he can with this kind of role change, honestly I'm not sure if he's capable of finding more footy but if he can with that role change he might be one to look at as well so yeah, Dossie do you want to add anything onto that? Um, oh, that, it's interesting Bailey Scott you've added him into the mix of that role change as well yeah, the, the reason I want um, um, Kane on Luke McDonald, he's still in AFL fantasy um, format at least has the midfield only status so there might be some owners just keen to jump off him if they haven't seen that he'll be able to get that defender status as well so um, I'm just keen to get him before you know if he can pop I think he can score really well if, if this is his new role because I think Zebel, you know after five goals they're going to keep looking at that as something that they're going to want to say and I agree with you in saying sell Zebel high as well just cut that's a huge role change like that's going to make massive ramifications because it's such a big we've seen how high a fantasy scoring role it can be in as a North Melbourne defender yeah, and I just think with Zebul as well, like we've seen him play forward a lot of his career, but he's only really been good as a forward when he was getting splitting that time basically evenly between midfield and forward. So we haven't really seen him score ever that well as a sole forward. So that's just another thing that adds to concern, I guess. Um, just a tip of the cap for the last one. Jack Marnie had 86 points uh, playing as a pressure forward, uh, had eight tackles in that role, 10 kicks also and kicked a goal. So just a tip of the cap, but good score there to Jack Marnie. Well done. All right, let's move on to the Collingwood versus West Coast game. And I think that's with Kay. It is. Now, Dossie would have been a very happy boy on Sunday afternoon with this result. The eggs are back. Absolutely. No, no. But, Mighty uh, Weeks, mate. Coming for the flag. <laughs> it was uh, It was good fun to watch them. They were up and about the young side. But saying that, I'm quite happy to dismiss a lot uh, to a degree from this game, especially for the Eagles, considering that, um, you know, their best 22 is nowhere near it. They were missing Guff, Yo, Sheed, Shuey, Kelly, even Petreski Seaton or Oscar Allen to a degree aren't playing in that team. So, um, you know, I'm still we're still kind of none the wiser of their best twenty two is what my, my point is. But um we'll start off with someone who's firmly in that. That's Jeremy McGovern. He had eighty points and uh, the Pies did burn the ball a lot coming inside fifty and um, McGovern and Barras just fed on intercept marks back there. Um, he had twenty two touches and took eight marks himself. He's officially 2G4P half. Did you know that? Jeremy McGovern, gone. He's had 81, 82, 19, 80 this season. So yeah, I can put him in the black you book. Can, J-Mac is gone. You can put him in the 2G4P category. That's correct. He has, he has put up some pretty, pretty good scores this year. I don't know whether it's just kind of being depleted and um, kind of just mopping up down back. I'm not really sure, but I haven't watched too much West Coast, to be honest. Yeah. Thankfully, I haven't, to be honest. But uh, yeah, not real sure. <laughs> the game on of the weekend was actually yeah. good. The game of the weekend was good. But I do agree. I think it's going to still spend a lot of time back there. So uh, it does mean that um, he's going to be one who will kind of 
um, you know, enjoy the fruits of that uh, that poor form from from the eggs. Uh, now, a guy who I'm incredibly excited about is Patrick Nash. Now, he only had 70, but uh, did impress me a lot. He was on the wing up against Josh Dacos, who was a player who also had a ripping game. And I reckon they just had a bit of a pact at the start of the game, just said, we're going to be pigs together today and we're going to feast on some fantasy points. But um, look, Nash and Dacos both had great games and uh, Nash had 23 touches and bobbed up for a goal. And I think he's locked in that wing spot for this year. Um, he's had scores of 60, he's had two in the 90s and, and now there's 70. So um, he's just impressed me out there. Just adds a bit of class and polish. I know you're a big fan, uh, Dossie. And with centre forward status this season, um, in ultimate footy at least, I think he's a great, uh, you know, great option because he's going to give you a probably a minimum of 70 going forward uh, on the wing and he's got that forward status. Does he hold his spot? Does he yeah, fit in the 22 though? Yeah. That, that's that's the only problem because I, I really like the way he goes about it too. I'm just worried when my, they're full strength, like you're saying, how many are out, where does he play? So my, my, my thing would be Gaff walks straight back into a wing, sure. But, you know, like, Luke Shuey never plays a full season um, and it seems that, you know, Sheed's still a few away. There's always a few people away and they just never have been able to get their best kind of midfield together. So I think, you know, he's one who's impressed and I reckon he is one who you could lock in long term for this season at least, I reckon. Uh, Connor West looked really good. He had 76 points, uh, 16 touches and six tackles. Not necessarily the amount of ball he's getting, but from behind, he looks like a little second coming of Matty Prittis with his flowing locks bobbing around, kind of got a similar kind of waddly run. Uh, like what I'm seeing, he's only 18% owned, which blew my mind because um, we talked about him a lot in the preseason because he's got forward status uh, only. And from that game, look, yes, there's a few guys to come back in, but there's no reason why he can't cement a spot, especially considering we were high on him in the preseason. Uh, had plenty of time in the midfield, had had 10 CBAs. So um, another one with forward status I think is definitely worth looking at, especially at the low ownership rate. Um, one to look at on your waiver wires, especially if you know some of these um, high-caliber uh, eagles don't come in this week. Shed a tear, Dossie. Our boy Luke Edwards, 55. My God, he looked great in the pivot. He did. He had 12 CBAs. He scored 55 points from 57% time on ground, and then he got injured. So um, I was about ready to send off a few tweets about, you know, the second coming of Tyson, but unfortunately his body just (laughs) let him down again. Um, I'm still so keen on him, but he just... It just seems that this might be one of those seasons where he's just not getting his body right. I actually had him on field in the home league because I am running low on midfielders at the moment. And yeah, when I kind of, I was at a, I actually had to go to a year 12 formal. I'm a teacher, so I had to actually go to the year 12 formal. And I saw it on one of the screens outside of the um, outside of the venue. And I just saw it flash up that he was sitting on the bench holding his groin. And I quickly jumped and was on the uh, messenger to see with you guys. And I was absolutely shattered to learn that he was injured. So yeah, no good. But yeah, keep an was eye on him. What was keep his- an eye on him. Was that his injury coming in? I'm, I was a bit behind. Well, on sorry, that. I'm if assuming that was, that was his because that's, that's what it was pre-season. So, yeah, I'm assuming that's what he did. Yeah, no. Yeah, so it's just retweaking, which is, yeah, not good. Not good. Uh, on to the Pies. Josh Dacos uh, probably had his best game of maybe his career. He was exceptional. Uh, had 107 points. He had a super hot first half, had 69 um, at the midway point. Only scored five points in the last quarter too, so could have been a hell of a lot better. He just had one of those games where the ball basically followed him everywhere he went. Playing out in the wing, but um, it spent a lot of time in the, the kind of the... Ho- uh, the Pies, sorry, forward 50 arc, um, and it was always on his wing side, so he was just getting lots of balls spilled there, lots of kind of um, kicks out of defence of just landing in his lap. was exceptional. I'm not sure that that's like a score you can expect from him. I, I still think he's in for a really good year, but I think he's kind of more than likely going to lock in that, you know, 
genuine wingman 80 to 90 kind of score but um, look he's he's come back in sensational form and I think he just loves playing with his brother I think they're feeding off each other's energy and it's um, good fun to watch uh, Callum Brown had 69 points solid game um, especially in the first half I thought he was going to bananas he had 46 there but um, obviously played a lot in the pivot with um, no Adams and Dugowie. Uh ended up only having the six CBAs a lot of them in the first half but um, I think he's just a bit of a be wary of I think um, you know once they get it a couple of these prior movers back he's one that will kind of leave that side early and the big one and concerning for me as I'm a pretty new owner of him still side bottom he had 58 points he could be very close to B2P status look we had the the above mentioned names out plus Jamie Elliott got injured throughout the game so I thought it could have been a great time that um, you know the pies inject still into the middle didn't happen played out on the wing almost got a bit lost and the concerning thing is he opened this season with an 87 and he's basically dropped 10 points per game since that first game now I think he needs to be monitored because um, I'm actually not sure which way to go I'm, I'm not I don't know if he's a, a buy low candidate candidate or someone that's not going to give you much for him he does have the the forward status which does help but um, I'm a bit interested to see what you guys think of what people should do with steel wings generally just struggling across the board um, not scoring very well in, in many sides. Not many good ones out there. Um, the thing is, like, he hasn't really played in as an inside midfield for almost two years now. So I just don't think they'll be going mm. in that direction, Collingwood playing him in there. So I think it's super concerning times. <sighs> Even if he goes up forward, I don't think he scores. And I just can't see a place where they play him where he's going to be scoring well. That's my concern. Yeah, I'm not expecting him to be an inside mid. I just thought maybe with the, the guys they had out, he might have had a bit of a, a um, go in there. It didn't happen. Um, but yeah, I think the only thing that's help, helping him from being you know, almost unfieldable is that forward status. Yeah, it's going to be tricky because he probably won't get forward status again after this season. So could be uh, in a lot of draft yeah. pools next year, that's for sure. That's it for me. Dossie, over to you. Alrighty, so we've got the Richmond Western Bulldogs game. Pretty close game up until the last quarter where Richmond just blew them out of the water as well. So interesting game for the Dogs sitting pretty low on the ladder at the moment. Um, interesting scenes for Luscious Bevo. Um, but we'll talk about Richmond first and Thompson Dow, a favourite of mine, of course. Um, 78 points, but just interestingly enough, we've talked about him for a couple of weeks. The midfield role is real there for him, at least while Dusty's out of the side. So they've they've thrown a few different names through the midfield. They they brought up the um, the vintage names this week. I, th- I think we saw a bit more Bolton. There was a bit of Shane Edwards action as well. But Thompson still got his his looks. He had 13 CBAs, fourth among Tigers midfielders. Um, just looking like a really fieldable option while he's got this role because he's able to just lay a few tackles, which has been the really strong point of his game. Five last week, seven this week. Um, his disposals aren't huge, you know, still pretty low time on ground, that sort of thing. But he's he's making an impact as well. And I don't know if you guys saw this game, but Thompson has actually been pretty impressive in his early days at the Tigers. I think we, uh, we had a big chat uh, last week um, about maybe just not mentioning... Um, the exact same thing as we mentioned last week about a player, but then it come up to a to a Dow, and there's just no way we could stop Dossie uh, talking up Thompson Dow. I think that's what's going on here, really. Uh, uh, I don't know. I didn't see the game, but you sure it's just not inflated because he's a Dow, Dossie? Um, no, look, I, we had to mention it because the ta- I think the tackling's just important to mention. Like twice in a row, five tackles, seven tackles. So anyway, I just think forward status, you know, we're looking at guys like, you know, Connor West, like we mentioned before, um, having that status. But 
Thompson actually has that secure role in the midfield, and I think he'll stay there even if Dusty comes back. Yeah, I do want to. I do want to move it on, but um, yeah, like I, I've got no problems with Thompson. Dow, it's just yeah, I think we really need to see him play with Dusty before we can make a a, a main a major assessment. That's all. Yeah, fair. Now let's talk about a few different players. I think this guy might have got to mention a couple of times, maybe, but Marlon Pickett with eighty three points. I just think he's been actually really good for the Tigers this year playing on a wing. So his scoring's going to be patchy um, just because of the Tigers' sort of low possession game plan. But he's that kind of M8 guy that I think, you know, could be solid throughout the year. It's just been really impressed with the way he goes about it. Um, He gets that kick behind the play. He's a really strong contested kind of grab for his size. So um, really liking the way Marlon Pickett's going about it. It's unfortunate he's got the mid status and he won't change because he's playing on a wing. So, um, you know, the 80s sort of scores is probably his higher output. But, um, yeah, pretty solid. I like him. Um, the other player, this guy, um, he's edging towards, you know, he would be edging towards a 2G for P status, but you can't give it to him, surely. This is talking about Nathan Broad. Um, 89 points in this game. He's averaging 92 for the season, including two tons already. So, he's technically... 2G for P, too good for the podcast to be talking about him on a keeper league, but nobody's going to say he's too good. He's never averaged above 70. Safe to say, lads, we're going to be selling high because Nick Vloston, I think he was listed one to two weeks last week on the injury report. Um, Honestly, this this scoring makes me keener to buy Vloston because I think he's going to be the guy that's going to be that 90 to 100 in this role, and I think Broad will lock down a bit, but... Awesome while it lasts, and gee, you would have enjoyed this run from Nathan Broad as a fieldable option so far. The, the thing, hundred percent. Oh, sorry, you go, guys. I was just going to say, I actually had a, uh, someone hit me up on Twitter and asking about Nathan Broad, and I was actually like, no, don't buy because he's gone as soon as Nick Vlaston comes back in. Yes, Sell. he's so juicy yeah. now, but you got to get rid of him if you're an owner because, um, yeah, once once Vlas comes in, he is out of that fantasy-friendly role. Just uh, on a technical note, um, the 2G4P conversation is actually four games a row of 80-plus scores or a season 80 average. So he actually hasn't had the four games of 80-plus, that's all. He had a 72 Ooh, the first week, so out, I'm glad we don't have to tons, do it because we can get another week and another look at him. But yeah, technically, that's the rule. It should be like a couple of tons in a row just bumps up that, uh, that <laughs> Maybe, ability, maybe. Though. We have to, like, we have to chat about that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but huge stuff. I don't, you know, honestly, though, how you, you're not going to be able to sell broad high, I don't think. If you've got a bite, go for it if somebody's keen. Um, it's going to be tough to sell a name like Nathan Broad, who, like I said, has never averaged above 70. If you can, go for it because I don't see it lasting. But, yeah, it's been a fun ride. Um, just a tip of the cap because this guy is 2G for P, but I just want to say, Dion Prestia, he actually got dropped to the to the waiver on my league. I know I've got a deeper, a, sh- a shallower bench, but um, people frustrated with his injury history. Shows what he can do when he's fully fit, 114. So, back fit and firing, tip of the cap, 2G for P. Um Western Bulldogs, let's get on to them. Bailey Williams, B-dubs, my boy, he was back in action. Only the 62 points, but I just want to mention him while I can. Um, 14 disposals, five marks, four tackles. Unfortunately, a few crucial um, free kicks against late Jeez, your standards well. have absolutely lowered if you're talking points. about Bailey Williams. 62 <laughs> points. <laughs> and there's a novel Mate, here you too. Do know heart, you do know like... You do know 90% of the dog's list is 2G for P. It's scraping the barrel. You don't have to mention, you don't have to mention oh someone for the sake of mentioning though, mate. 
But B-Dubs is a gun, so get around him. Um, the guy I will mention, though, and he scored even worse than this man that I'm talking about, the great Bailey Williams, is Tim O'Brien, um, who we were keen on in, in the preseason moving across from Hawthorne. He scored 53 points. It was his first game um, in a Bulldogs uniform, 14 disposals, six marks. Look, I'm still keen on him as well because the Tigers' defence, for their tools at least, um, it's a tough matchup. He had to go on Tom Lynch. So we saw a guy like Josh Battle, a fantasy superstar, as we know, um, struggle against Richmond having to man up on Tom Lynch. So, look, the role that I think he'll play in, in future weeks, I think is going to be conducive to a bit more fantasy-friendly role than this one. He had to lock down quite a bit. So I still see him as a solid free agency pickup. Um, I think he'll get a few intercept marks and, and play a role in that dog's defense. You guys still got... A uh, bit keen on Tim O'Brien. I think it helps that he got low score so you can pick him up. Massively. And they're playing... Um, who are they playing? They're playing North Melbourne this week. So, it's almost like the perfect matchup to see how good he could possibly be. Yeah. I've got a lot of interest. Um, Lockie Hunter, just want to mention him as well. We've mentioned him almost every week. It's just an interesting case study. 71 points. Um, he really looked good early, though. 30 in the first quarter, 46 at halftime. Look, I still think he's going to be a safe guy this year, to be honest. I know he's on the fringe of Bevo's, um, you know, Bevo uh, round one. He was a tough a touch and go there. But I don't know. I still think Lockie Hunter's got a lot to give for fantasy coaches, so just to round it out. All right, thanks for that analysis, Dossie. We'll move on to the uh, Fremantle versus GWS game. Now, I did talk just before about the 2G4P status, and that's too good for the podcast for those who haven't listened to the podcast before or haven't uh, heard us reference that before. Guys that basically are going to be owned, no one's going to want to trade. They are in love with them now because of their scoring. Um, they're not going to be able to get, so we just don't bother talking to them. They're the 2G4P guys. Now, I just said that we had to have four scores of 80 in a row or averaging 80 for the season, but we can kind of 2G4P if there's a general consensus. And the next guy is Will Brody. So another massive game. I think it was 124 points. Boys, I don't want to talk about it too much if he is 2G4P. Are you guys happy with that one to 2G4 him straight off the bat? Yes, I am. I still, you know, it's funny though. It's like I still really want to see him with a full strength Frio midfield, but it's looking up more and more unlikely that we're going to see that at all this entire season Correct. at this rate. So, um, yeah, yeah, I'm happy with that, mate. He's forward status playing as a midfielder. Deleted him from the show, Doc, already. Yeah, guess. Guess a tick from me. All right, cool. Well, we'll move on now to some guys that are a bit more relevant. So, Nathan O'Driscoll had 109 points uh, playing on the wing. So, that was pretty interesting. Well, he was he has been doing it pretty much all season since he started playing for all the two games he's played. But, um, yeah, the interesting thing to note is he is going to lose defender status next year if he keeps this up. So, a lot of people picking him up now as a defender, but might not be having it uh, long term. So, just something to take note of. Um, yeah, like I said last week... Um, he scores well. I still don't reckon he looks like a, like a, a footballer, but Dossie, your, your theory of puppy fat is potential in, dis, uh, in disguise. So I think he may have a lot of potential um, there. That might be the case. But uh, <laughs> he's, no, he's not that big. He just kind of looks a bit, you know, plonky. He doesn't look like a real lean machine like the rest of the players do, but I reckon he'll tone up over the years and he'll be fine. Um, uh, David Mundy, Mundy is just one I want to add because he's got 102 points on the weekend back from uh, all the COVID stuff. But uh, he's just one to target if you're contending because what is he, like 46 years old now? Um, he'll be retiring sometime soon. So uh, whoever's owning him will probably take him for just a speculative rookie um, that might be good in the future. Like say if you've got someone like a, a Jack Carroll sitting on your list or something like that that could debut you know, later on in the season and you know might still be a few years away from popping, you might be able to get David Muddy for someone like that. Um, who just wants to kind of shore up the future, especially if the other person is not contending either. Um, but if, and you are. 
Uh, moving on to Sonny Walters, though. Um, he had 87 points, and I'm not sure if this happened uh, the last few weeks. I did watch Fremantle last week, but I didn't really notice it. But he just looked to me like he was pushing a lot higher up the ground to get touches, just a bit further away from goals. Um, moving around the ground a bit more. So, yeah, I just thought that might contribute to his scoring. Uh, Dossie, do you have any thoughts on this? Yeah, um, I think, you know, the trade trade from a couple of years ago where I think it was last year, Kays ingeniously traded uh, Hugh McCluggage for Michael Walters. It looks like maybe the fruits of that trade are coming to fruition finally for you, Kays. He's, he's doing much better. Look, Heffoy says he's, you know, ahead of the curve. I'm actually a year and a bit ahead of the curve, so works out. <laughs> so, is he still on your list, Kays? You obviously kept him uh, in the offseason, didn't put him back into the pool and no one else drafted him. That's right. Uh, no. <laughs> All right. Uh, another one that I don't want to spend heaps of time on, but that's Blake Akers. Um, 83 points. Um, he's probably going to be a safe 80 each week. He's just got the wing to himself, uh, or that side of the wing to himself. And it was pretty much just him and O'Driscoll just running on the wings all day. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think he's going to be a great option. He's a bit like your Marlon Pickett, um, maybe a little bit better though. Um, that he's just going to be like an 80 average midfielder kind of filling out one of your last spots. But if he's the guy filling out your last spot, then you're going to be in a pretty good place, I think. So I don't mind Blake Akers this season because he seems to be getting a lot of easy pill. Uh, Heath Chapman is another one. So 83 points and he was awesome off halfback. Um, we talked about last week, he probably doesn't get used enough. He's, he got used a bit more this week. Um, but yeah, look, he, he took some good intercept grabs. Um, he's got a really good leg uh, and he plays an attacking fantasy role. So I feel like we talk about him each week. So I don't think we need to have too much of a discussion, but I think we just biding his time until he kind of breaks out, I think, because he's definitely going to be a fantasy player of the future. Now, Neil Erasmus is another kind of young gun for Fremantle, and he had 68 points, but super low time on ground. So we saw this with, um, I think you flagged this dossier earlier in the season about Sarong, how um, Fremantle basically didn't use him a lot on ground, but when they did, it was always at the CBAs um, when he came on ground, and it's kind of emerged. And we haven't really seen Strong truly break out yet, but if injuries were going his way and COVID stuff and whatever is happening with him now, I think it's injuries actually. But um, yeah, if if things were going his way, we might have seen it by now. Do you do you kind of feel the same with Erasmus? We'll be waiting a while, but the goods are there. Uh, yeah, who knows if it's going to be as long, but yeah, I think Longmuir likes to likes to nurture that that youth through and give and not you know expose the the young bodies to too much bash and crash early days but yeah like you said getting that run through the center bounces so i think i think he was one of the leading attendees for frio despite only um spending 60 percent time on ground so um yeah really good signs to see that he's getting that exposure early and you know that i was a massive fan of him on draft night and was pretty pissed that he didn't fall to the mighty mighty weagles but um yeah no he, he's a stud this guy so yeah he, he's a stash and i a think half. um yeah i couldn't text you quick enough when he got drafted to Fremantle just to let you know but anyway uh, yeah, <laughs> Braden Cruz is the last one I talk about for GWS not a lot of GWS players a lot of them are 2G4P that scored well but uh, he had 85 points and he did it whilst being pretty banged up too but we all know he got suspended uh, this week so I think the thing is though he'll be just in the 2G4P equation very very soon um, but we just might have to wait until after he's suspended that's all so let's move on uh, who had a look at the Essen versus Crows game in the end Twas me and the mighty, mighty bombers are back. Like I said for the flag, this year we beat the all-conquering crows. So, um, who should I talk about first? Let's talk about the man, Josh Rochelle. 101 points. Um, I'm actually not sure too much needs to be said about this guy. I actually got a little bet on that it will be a Jordan Dawson, Josh Rochelle, BNF Quinella at uh, the Crowville this year. Um, he is that good. Uh, don't worry about anyone else. 
you know, if there was no Nick Dacos, I reckon Rochelle would be actually favourite to win the uh, Rising Star this year. He is exceptional. Um, there's actually he has so much class, poise, and is so much better than um, four career games would suggest. And this might actually go against your rules, Hef, but I'd like to two G for P him now. You're an owner, and if anyone knows anything about Josh Rochelle, it's you. He's had two tons this season, the exact same as Nick Dacos has. And if you're an owner with a centre forward status, he's not losing the forward status. He is an exceptional, almost generational talent. No one is trading him. Uh, I kind of just they, they, if the price was right, you would trade him. So like, I know I know that he's going to okay, be. Okay, what gun. would it take? Oh, look, just trade me Jack McRae. You can have him if you want. That's actually some of the shit that no, 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 just, let me, just let me finish off. Though. Like we've had, we've seen two scores of what in the forties. Like you can't two G feet four P at someone on the back on that. Unfortunately, look, I love the guy as much as you do, Kays, but uh, that's even. I'd, I'd want to see I want to see a little bit more consistency the forward role doesn't fill me with like heaps of confidence I know he's getting a, a smattering of a midfield time but I'd want to see him score better as a midfielder not be as goal reliant for his scoring before a 2G4P someone like him hmm okay whatever you say he's uh, a um, on to the next guy, Tex Walker. He had 92 points, four goals, 18 touches. And um, look, the Dons have some pretty poor key defenders, let's be honest, and um, kind of set up for a, a return game for Tex there. But he just played that kind of classic Tex game. Um, and I think, you know, I don't think the Crows will be horrible this year. So I think you'll get a, a good amount of peel up forward. Um, you know, he does get up the ground and can take some good marks and stuff. So, um I think he's definitely worth having a look at. Uh, 58% owned, so uh, still available in some legs by the looks. And if you're contending, I think you could do worse than bring Tex in for your F4, F5 because, you know, his good games are pretty good. So, um, yeah, one to look at there if you, you do need a forward. Um, just before I move on to the Dons. <coughs> Sorry, Doss, I think I've caught COVID via um, Zoom. But... Um, <laughs> You asked me in the preseason uh, about Ben Keys and if I have any concerns. No, I don't. But I do have concerns <laughs> if I owned Matt Crouch because they both can't kick and one tries a hell of a lot more and one actually goes forward with the ball and that guy's name isn't Matt Crouch. So um, I'd actually be concerned as a Matt Crouch owner. I reckon there is scope in trading him while he still has some value because... To be honest, like the Crows need to get some new blood in that midfield to break something up. And I've got Keys on the top of that midfield after, you know, Laird, Keys, and then look, Sloan and, Sloan and Crouch are in the firing line, I reckon. I just like to throw in there that uh, did the early projections today, and Ben Keys is the number one projected player for this weekend. So, um, yeah, that I've never thought I'd see the day where that happened, but uh, Ben Keys is up there. Um, Oh, I've, I've got no problems with Keys. I think after we run the weekend, finally with a full strength midfield, still seems scoring well. I don't have any concern with him. I've got, yeah, the three, the two that you mentioned concerned with, probably least concerned with um, Schonberg, um, even though he was kind of pushed out of the middle this week. He's got a, still got a future ahead of him, whereas probably someone like Sloan, his days are probably numbered. And Crouch... I'm still willing to give him a little bit more time just coming back from pretty much two seasons off. But yeah, it would be concerning for those two, I think. And like I said, Schomburg, I think long-term is going to be fine um, when you compare him to the rest of them. But yeah, it's a bit concerning for the others. Crouch's time on ground has been the big talking point. You know, he's still in the 60s. We kind of 
um, thought that it might be going up. You know, each game kind of improve as as he returns from his long term injury. So it's sixty six percent, seventy four. Then it's dipped back down, sixty nine, sixty four percent time on ground. And and I really like the way you put that case. The way that um, you know, Keys actually provides that pressure around the ball. And even though he does butcher the ball a bit, including the last kick of the game, which was the all crucial kick straight down the throat of um, Mason Redmond. But you know, he he brings so much more around in that sort of pressure and and just that intensity around the footy and keys actually like wants it to go forward whereas crouch's first instinct is to go back or sidewards and that doesn't really help the crows so um yeah that's my reasons for feeling safe the cap my to boy you, mate. Thank you. The cap to you you gotta hold Good you gotta you. hold firm for your boys you gotta believe in them but uh um <laughs> onto some onto some dons uh mason redmond we talk about him every second week but he had another good game in 93 points uh kicked the goal this week and had 19 touches he's just proven to be a good solid uh intercept defender he's had a couple of 50s this year which kind of write him off as a, a genuine 2g for p contender but um look really solid as usual and gotta love him uh two meter peter 79 points from him and he threatened to tear the game apart early i thought he was going to kick 15 but uh he had three goals and 57 points at half time and then basically didn't touch it but um at times they just had a couple of defenders on him because he's their main man up forward with no stringer and that and um you know he'll be better for that but um i'm super confident you could almost 2g for p peter right this year he's um He's on that. He's on that um, velocity now. Nick Martin, seventy-three points. I know you want to say something about him, Dossie. One goal, twenty-two touches. He is just all class. He gets in the right spots. I reckon I've said it each time. And the more and more I watch of him, I think he's just got that wing role locked and loaded for this whole season. Um, you know, Cox is good. Yes, they can play Heppel. They can play McGrath on there. But it's all about Nick Martin this year. Yeah, I said it last week. I love this guy. Like he's he's. I think I want to get him on my bus before anyone else does because <laughs> he's that good um, and he's a Don's man, so I've got to keep him away from you, mate. But um, look, he, he hasn't even emerged with those, apart from that first game, the last mm. couple of games, he hasn't had those huge scores. So, there's still that opportunity to kind of get him if people aren't watching him because eye test-wise, this guy's like a star oh. in the making for fantasy. Passes the eye test every day of the week. Um, another guy that you're keen on, Dossie, Sammy Durham, uh, 72 points from him. He had a really nice game. Had 18 touches and a goal, but looks a bit more of a quality over quantity player at this stage, but definitely one to monitor, um, especially if he can hold his spot in that side, you know, for the most of this year. I reckon there's just something about him. And speaking of alarm bells, I've got a few alarm bells for Sam Draper. Um, he's not scoring well, number one, but the guy who started Essendon's first ruck center bounce was... Andrew Phillips this week. Now, Phillips had 18 CBAs compared to Draper's in the end. Now, I'm a bit worried. There's something about Sam Draper, but it just doesn't seem to be all clicking. So, yeah, I'm a bit worried. I just actually, I flagged this um, in the preseason, just purely more so on a statistical basis, that there were better Ruckman in the the, the Essendon side from a um, statistical point of view. And yeah, I wasn't sure if this was actually going to be the case coming to the season, but we, I didn't think Phillips would be the one. I thought it'd be someone like Nick Bryan might have taken one. I might give mm-hmm. him a bit more of a run. But yeah, I think it's even more concerning that they've they've opted for Phillips over Draper. But the, you know, desperate times call for desperate measures as well. Like maybe if they the rest of the team was performing a little bit better, they'd be willing to persist with Draper a little bit more. I think they're pretty desperate to get one in this week, so maybe that's why it happened. But yeah, I think it is a bit concerning for Draper owners. That's for sure. Hmm. Uh, move on to the Hawthorne-St. Kilda game. I missed the first quarter of this match because I was watching the Bombers beat a genuine top eight side in the Crows. But um, look, 
it was just a bit of a bloodbath in the end. St. Kilda just ran all over Hawthorne. One man who probably had probably one of his best <coughs> games ever, or at least for St. Kilda, was Brad Hill. He had 114 points. Now, he basically played like a, a forward uh, negating role uh, on CJ. Um, and he just kind of, not necessarily negating as like a tagger role, but just made Jath accountable at all times because he doesn't have that in his game. And um, him and Gresham just kind of, provided options up there as half forward flankers and yeah he'll feast it he had 23 disposals kicked four goals it was a really nice move from Brett Ratton but the question is what's the role going forward for Brad Hill he's basically being used as a wingman he's been used as a halfback flanker and now as a half forward flanker this year and if they kind of go yep Brad Hill we love that game that you played on the weekend I just don't know if you know the scores will be there as a as a half forward flanker as they have been off half back for him so Yes, it's been a good game, and yes, he's actually put up some really good scores this season across half back. But just monitor that role because if he does kind of get permanently moved half forward, I'm a bit more worried about him uh, this season. To be honest, Matt, how much worse could it get though? He's been pretty crap in terms of the last couple of years. So if he can pop a decent half decent score, you know, he's not been flash hot the last couple of seasons anyway. So this year he's been really good. Provide though. some hope. This year has been really good. Uh, what's mm. his average this year? I don't think he's been flat that. Like, he hasn't been what we kind of hoped. He's averaging 84. Saying. He's at 82, 94, a 46, and a 114. A 46, was it? That was his worst game. The 114 does inflate That's things a little bit, but he has been a lot better. But it does. Yeah. 82, 82s and 94s from a defender. Like, happy days. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, though, um, four goals. Mm. Oh, four goals definitely role, padded it. Yeah. And, you know, like, I don't talk about him in the, in the notes here, but, like, Jake Gresham had 90, but he kicked four goals too. So, you know, you're talking about guys who are inflated because of goals. Um, you know, happens to the primos too. Uh, Maxi King had 107 points, and I think he's made that leap from the gen... Sorry, made that leap to a genuine elite forward now. Look, he might have been for a while, but, you know, watching that game on the weekend, he is, like, top echelon. Kicked four goals, had 17 touches, and most importantly, clunked 11 marks. Um Averaging 86 this year, look, plays the Suns this week, look out, it could be a massive game. And just a sneaky little, uh, you know, tip from the Oracle, he's paying $5.50 for the Coleman. So, uh, have, an, have an investment and obviously gamble responsibly. Was uh, this a <laughs> similar game where he kicked like a bunch of goals in quick succession? Yep. Yeah, I thought so. He just loves putting the Superman cape on, doesn't he? That's just like that's the thing that kind of it both fills me in confidence, fills me with confidence, but also scares me at the same time. Like if he doesn't have that purple patch, he might go low. But anyway, we'll wait and see what happens. When you're averaging eighty six, like no, that's still a very good whack. Um, Jared Leanett, Hef, your boy, ninety four points. Now, really good to see him get another chance because I reckon Port could have used him this year. Uh, third game of the season and his first night's score to boot. He actually had a, a good score uh, time on ground percentage-wise last week. He had 67 from 66% time on ground. But put it all together this week, uh, just feasted across halfback um, with some poor disposal in from the Hawthorne uh, midfielders. And look, he's always been a solid scorer when he's got an opportunity at Port. It's just been that he's been in and out of that side uh, over the last probably five or six years. Only 25% owned, so he's just a consistent defender if you do need one. Um, and lastly for the Saints, Dan Butler, he had 83 points. And yes, that's a nice score. And yes, Ford's uh, a bit light on, but um, don't get excited. He puts these scores up every now and then. Although if you do need a streaming option, I may recommend him for this week against the Suns because I reckon he's another one who could get off the chain there. Uh, on to the Hawks. Jai Newcomb, he had 82 points. And my love for him just grows week on week. 
What I love about him, he just has a crack. Uh, 23 touches, hit the scoreboard twice for two behinds. Uh, and I think there's a genuine plan for him to become a long-term midfielder. Uh, he had 26 CBAs, which is the most of any midfielder on the ground. Um, and most importantly, he knows how to find it too. He's got footy smarts. He's not just in there um, to be a body. He actually can hunt the ball. And it just goes to show he's a hard runner, uh, 412 metres gained, which is the third most on ground in the total game and the most for a Hawthorne player, which I think speaks volumes of what he can do. Uh, Jarman Impey, 75 points, a, a nice promising return from injury for him. Uh, didn't actually think he'd play this week because then he played limited time on ground in the VFL last week. But look, 20 touches of halfback, um, 70% time on ground. I think it's a tick, tick, tick as they just look for his run off the halfback flank. So another of those delicious, delicious Hawthorne defenders in that side. And uh, lastly, Jimmy Warple had... 10 points. Lol. Uh, 12 CBAs as well. <laughs> He's a B2P candidate, surely. For, is that our first one of the year if we make it? But I'm more than happy to bring him back to the podcast. Yeah, he stinks. I think I've got him in one of my legs and it's just like, yeah, yep. you're a maybe bench cover at the moment. Welcome back, James. 72% time on ground. So there's not, not any, even any excuses. Um, yeah, five touches. Just, yeah. Well, I don't think I've seen a worse game from like a half there. Why, why was it so bad? Just couldn't He's, find it or... He just could not find yep. it. All right. As I said, like he's been, he had 12 CBAs, man. You know, I've been hounded on Twitter for that today. But, you know, it's not like he didn't have the opportunity. He just, yeah, MIA. That's. I've never been a, a Warple owner. And surely, as a non, as someone who hasn't ever struggled with being an owner, maybe I can buy him. <laughs> I could be the only one that's happy to buy him low and just rest him on the bench until he comes good. This guy's a best and fairest winner. Can he not? He, could still come good, couldn't he? Or you guys lost well, a lot. I'm thinking that 12 CBAs are still kind of low when you see some of the top of you know upper midfielders getting you know upwards of 27, 26, that type of thing. So, like, he's obviously playing somewhere else. <laughs> 10 points. That's <laughs> disgusting, I know. But he's obviously playing somewhere else in the meantime. And I think he just can't. Well, I don't know what it is because I barely watched Hawthorne this year, but. I just don't. I just think whatever's happening, he's, it's just not right for him. He just needs to be at, at the CBA if every centre bounce, or he's just no good. That's the issue, I think. So I guess we. It's also worth saying, just Saints absolutely belted them. Yeah. So you know, it was tough to get get your hands on the share, and I think some guys like Ward, who's been really good as well, completely out of the centre bounce rotation and barely touched it as well. So it wasn't just him but at the same time that's shocking yeah anyways let's move on to the next game um move yeah moving on to my game which was gold coast suns the mighty mighty gold coast suns taking on carlton they got the big w thanks to stewie jew and his new game plan it's a fantastic game plan that involves zero fantasy scoring um they're on zero they're the last they're bottom of the ladder for um fantasy points they're bottom of the ladder for marks by get this so, between them, so the Magpies are the 17th best side. In other words, the second worst side for marks at the moment with 82 a game. The Suns are 10 marks worse than the second worst um, team for marks with 71.8 per game. So, they are just, you know, barely using the footy to get it forward. They're just smashing it forward, getting it in long, and their inside 50s are second in the comp. So, their low fantasy scoring game, their low mark game, their low disposal game, but getting it into the inside 50, the second best rate in the comp behind the Cats. That's scary signs for fantasy coaches going forward, Hef, that the Suns' new game plan seems to be working to get it inside their forward 50. 
but is shocking for fantasy. We've seen that with like lots of clubs that, yeah, just focus on that inside 50 stat as well. Doesn't always produce the best fantasy scores. It depends how they go about it, though. Like, if they're trying to move it quickly inside 50, it sucks. But if they're, like, one of those players that try to methodically bring it in there as well, there can be some plus sixes as a thing. But, yeah, it's I don't know. Without watching heaps of them, it's just, yeah, there is some warning signs there. Yeah, terrible stuff. Um, I just want to talk about a role change in this game now. Is there any news on Jack Lacocious injury, guys? Have we got that come through yet? I just want to ask before I get into it. I haven't him. seen anything, no. But he went off... Yeah, so at the end of the game, he went off holding his knee. He managed to walk off. I thought they were going to bring out the stretcher for a moment, which is really scary, but I'm really hoping he's okay. I will talk about him regardless. He moved on to a wing, which... Uh, the Oracle and the Doracle did predict that he, as a as a high pick in your defensive lines, we knew it was worrying signs early with him playing as a forward. But uh, as the Doracle and Oracle suggested, the Suns were always going to put him back into a position to succeed. He's one of their best ball users. They need the ball in his hands. So he was moved onto a wing, which was awesome signs for owners. Look, he only got the 70 points, but you know, like I said, this was slingshot footy this game as well. Or I might not have said that. This was slingshot footy. So, there wasn't a heap of marks going around as usual for the Suns. But 70 points is a good output. And if he's healthy, I think this is your last chance to buy low on Jack Lacocious. But really hoping he's okay with that injury. Um, oh, sorry, Will just Powell on the injury there, as well. Um, last thing on Twitter was four hours mm. ago. Currently having scans. Uh, we'll know tomorrow, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, well, all the best for Jack Lacocious. Awesome young talent, so I hope he's okay. Um, Will Power, 73 points. Um, out of I'd say he got out of a form slump. It's not a massive score, but like I said, um, wasn't a stack of footy going around in terms of mark chips in this game. Hopefully, the Suns can change this game plan, but I am concerned. Um, but look, he's a guy that I still think... Let's give a tip of the cap to, to us in saying that I think there's still some value in, in getting your willpower in your team. Let's just hope that there's some slight change up in game plan. Look, Lockie Weller was a guy um, that was just under the 2G for P categories, as we've discussed. He didn't average quite 80 last year, but as a forward, a lot of, you know, he would have been owned by pretty much everyone, every competition. Look, he goes 120, but this was his first sign of a really good game playing in his new role off the half back line. Um, he was really that that guy making that slingshot footy happen for the Suns. You know, he was getting it in his hands all the time. So, really good signs for owners of Lockie Weller. Moving on, um, he, he probably could get two GFP if he can string a couple of games together, but I wouldn't say consistency has always been his strong suit. So, keep an eye on him. And just a just a tip of the cap, not for fantasy, but Casbolt uh, with the revenge game. I don't know if you guys saw this. I think the Draft Doctors now have it as their profile picture, but Levi Casbolt went the big Guernsey tug um, when he kicked a goal, uh, showing his new colours of the Suns and how proud he is to be a Sun, guys. It was, it was That's special. That's actually quite similar to when you um, joined the Keep League podcast crossing over from the Draft Doctors. I saw you grab your shirt and tug that one back in Stevie Fizz's face as well, I'm pretty <laughs> sure. So, um, yeah, very, very interesting. I don't know. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. We'll have to rewind the tape for that one. I might have to do a bit of footage for that for the content. Um, all right. So, moving on to Carlton. Um, I did mention it was a weird game for scoring. So, there was basically Zach Williams on one end and Lockie Weller on the other. Uh, Zach Williams. Are we, are we going to 2G for PM guys? 137. He was stinker last year, but he's had three tons already this year, I think. Yep. He's, he's carving yeah, I'm up. happy with Get that. Uh, flagged it on uh, the preseason show, the Carlton one. I had Carlton and I was saying that I was I was expecting an 80 plus average from him this season at minimum if he was going to be playing off the halfback line um, permanently and he seems to be doing that in spades. So, yep. 
happy with that. Look, I think you've done well if you bought low on him at the end of last year after such a rancid season. So great bounce back for Zach Williams. Awesome to see. Um, Jack Silvani, I want to talk about him. 77 points, came home strong to get that nice score, but playing a wing ruck role. So this is really interesting. Usually playing that forward ruck role, played a wing ruck role. Um, you saw his big shin guard hanging out on the wing, which was um, pretty unusual. But with Pitnet out, that was what his role was in this game. And last year we saw, or in the past, we've seen him be have the potential to be a high 80s, 90s guy playing as a forward ruck. So as a wing ruck, I'm really excited um, for this role. And, and to be honest, late in the game as well, um, Vossi moved Silvani into the number one ruck role because um, TDK just wasn't getting it done. Latest uh, tweet that just came out, I think it's from a, even a club source, that Pitnet's going to be back this weekend. No worries. But I'd just like to touch mm. on that shin guard. Is that the biggest shin guard in the AFL? Like, I've noticed that a few times as well. It's quite large. It's yeah. a big one. <laughs> it is quite large, yeah. I think they noticed it on the commentary team too. They're like, yeah, it's, uh, it's quite girthy. Uh, well, that sucks for Silvani then if he's not going to get that role. So, yeah. All right, I'll move on. Um, Lockie O'Brien, 73 points, 17 disposals, 8 marks. I've been a bit of a low Brian fan for a while, to be honest. I had some stocks back in his early you days. Um, I, yeah, well, I was a fan. Look, to be honest, since then, the wing role has become much less of a fantasy-friendly role. So, this is back in the days when Tom Phillips was averaging in the 80s. I thought he resembled a bit of a Tom Phillips. So, resembling a Tom Phillips now probably isn't a great thing to to be in the fantasy circles but I just like the way it goes about it and I think he's a bit of that sort of Lockie Shoal like I said Tom Phillips mould so I actually do like his hard running that he provides so as a midfielder only it's, it's tough I just wanted to say I like him um, Tim DeConning though 62 now I mentioned did you just say Tim it was his big uh, Tom sorry Tom DeConning <laughs> all good oh look it's not that's one letter it's fine on, mate. <laughs> 62 I gotta say though I was disappointed um, with his first big real crack at number one now it's harsh he's a young player still developing but he got absolutely monstered by Jared Witts so um, like I said they put Silvani in there because he just wasn't being able to do much so uh, interesting signs but not too much to worry about long term so that's pretty much it I, I was gonna say though in the meantime if Pitnet's out you can stream but you've just said um, Pitnet's back so no streaming available for that. Now, Cripps, Cripps got injured in this game as well. The hammy. There's talk that he might be all right, though, which um, probably ruins our entire Pod Pod episode talking about replacements for his cl- in the classic side. Still check it out, though, for members. Um, but look, I think we might just dabble in some Paddy Dow. Pick him up <laughs> if, if he's coming back. I think, uh, yeah, I think the news of Cripps uh, coming back also ruined that joke. But... Uh yeah, it, it in did. that same tweet <laughs> just before it said Cripps is expected to play this weekend. So, yeah. Oh, God, we might have to re-record the pod, pod boys. <laughs> might get K's on. He's doing all right yeah, this year. He's, yeah. a, he's Please. number one. Please. Um, no, nah, there's lots of guys who could come in over Paddy Dow, like, I don't know, Corey Durden, Jack Nunes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Animate Carbon Rod. Yeah. Joel, Joel Trudgeon. Don't get me started K's on the trudge. Um, Liam, uh, Liam Jones <laughs> might even come back from retirement just to uh, spite Paddy Dow. <laughs> Just for listeners, we need to we need to stamp our claim yeah, on do. him here, Kays. I mean, we've had a couple of joint boys. He, we're we're going to have to claim this one. Uh, Luke Edwards is one of our joint boys. This Joel <laughs> Trudgeon last year in the draft, a fantasy superstar, and we just yeah. wanted to stake our claims for on the that, reference. On Joel Trudgeon, he's not even he's a blue top up player, and <laughs> um, and uh, oh. his tackle numbers are redonkulous. 
All right, cool. Thanks, yeah. guys, for that one. Uh, we'll move on to the next segment. We'll just talk about the membership quickly, actually, in between. Um, yeah, make sure you're signing up as a member if you want uh, weekly CBA analysis, kick-in analysis, scores for and against, projections, and access to the famous Breakout Tracker. Hey, if you're not a member, get on the website and have a play around with the um, Breakout Tracker demo that's up there. I update it every week at the moment. I give you 10 players um, that are averaging ahead of the best in the competition uh, each week that you can have a play around with on the Breakout Tracker. So there's some pretty interesting ones up there at the moment. So yeah, make sure you're having a play with that. But yeah, if you if you appreciate the work we do each week, you like listening to the podcast and want to support us, jump in and become a member. You also get um, access to the Pod Pod as well, which is the AFL Classic uh, Fantasy Classic version, I guess, of the uh, of the podcast as well. So yeah, each week we read out ten gold members. I'll do it this week. I don't think I've done it for a while. So thank you to Daniel Lazell, Tom Christchuk, uh, Ben Leach, Brian Miller, Damon Kilman, Rich Summers, Dale White. Steve Tabram, Diane Harper, and Dylan Burgess. Now, I think I just got through the 10 names without stuffing one up. The Diane one really threw, threw me there, though, because it's actually come through as Diane, but I'm not sure if that's meant to be Dylan, but uh, maybe Diane could get in contact with us. Uh, uh, it's actually pronounced Dylan Burgess. <laughs> Dylan one, Burgess. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Sorry for the mispronunciation. I, I can never get them all right. Uh, but just looking at reviews as well. Um, so I need a 200 to play a game of footy. Last week we had 120. This week we've got 122 uh, ratings and reviews. So they've died down. Oh. But uh, look, look, I've been watching, a, been out to the old Walkerville Cats recently and I'm starting to get a bit itchy. So we might see that before. Um, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But I might go out to a footy training and see how we go. And uh, we might see the return a bit before the old 200. So yeah. Just guys, <laughs> he's got itchy. He has, hasn't he? <laughs> Just not for Kenilworth, that's all, mate. But uh, anyway, no, that's right. let's move on to the listener questions. All right, moving on to the listener questions. Our first one comes from Geostorming. Uh, Andy McGrath, is he a mid? Is he a halfback? Will he get DPP? And will he ever be consistent? No idea what I get any given week. Hashtag confused. Casey, as the uh, Bombers man, what's your opinion? Uh, well, he dominated in the midfield. He had the most CBAs, I think, uh, on the weekend. Um, good question. And that was on the back of being a tagger the week before. He wasn't being used as a tagger this week, though, was no, he? No, he's one of these guys who is just genuinely like a guy you'd love to own, but also a guy you'd hate to own because, um, you know, he's good. He's good. He's very good, but uh, does get moved around quite a lot. Obviously, we know that Zach Merritt's out for a while. He played well. Does this mean that, you know, maybe this is just what's going to flow on? Um, he gets some class and polish. Is it like a DPP maybe could be the case when Merritt comes back, but he's going to be playing midfield yeah, in the but meantime? Merritt's gone for a while. Um, you know, I don't think that he's going to yeah. go back while, you know, Heppel's moved back into his kind of regular... You know, quarterbacky kind of role. Yeah, um, you know, they don't need him back there as such. Um, they've kind of shuffled that all around a bit. So I don't think he's getting DPP. No, but uh, hopefully he can kind of he can retain. No his way, mid- he's tagging. He yeah. can retain his midfield status. All right. Next question comes from at Ranger J eight seven. With forward, forwards being very light on, there are a few waiver options. Sorry, there are very few waiver options coming off an injury in the next. Uh, sorry, I read that wrong again. There are a few waiver options coming off an injury in the next week or two. How would you rate a punt on the following? Papley, Gray, and Lambert. Dossie, what do you think on those three? Any of those you'd go for in a in a waiver pickup? Uh, I mean, Lambert's probably the only one that's done anything recently 
from fantasy wise, so maybe give him a shout. Yeah, I personally think Gray's done. Like he's not going to be getting that midfield time that yeah. um, he was probably getting. Like he'd, Port would always throw him in there when things weren't going right and just kind of rely on him to kind of get things moving. But I think with us being out of contention, I think we'll just be developing. So I just can't see him getting that. Sam retiring at the end I've of the year. A, um, if I've I'm got being a question honest, for you, so have you know done. I do like a little uh, flutter. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, yeah. Port at three dollars to make the top eight. What do you think? Well, two sides in football history have made the finals after being 0-4 and, and only one in the AFL era, and that was Sydney in 2017. Um, I would be saying no, considering we're up against uh, Carlton, who are going to be back to complete full strength <laughs> this weekend on the G. Once you go for 0-5, that's never happened before. So, yeah, I think okay. we're done somehow. Good to know. Uh, next question. Um, oh, we've already talked about this is from Richard Eliadis. Thoughts on Draper, short term and long term? Long term, I'm still on board. Short term, I'm not loving it. Are we all in consensus with yep. that? Yeah, Just hold on. Hold the faith in Draper. Just give him some time. Um, Andrew Chiron, I'm going to go with the pronunciation of that. Um, what do you, do you think of Windhager? Shows observable thirst. Uh, we'll start with this two questions here. So, um, who watched the St. Kilda game that was this me. week? What do you think of Windhager? Yeah. Solid. I, it's, it's Solid. He scored the yeah, 50s, he's good, he? he scored 54. But once again, like, they just absolutely annihilated Hawthorne. So, he had a lot of, you know, he had 15 touches, but, you know. A couple it, of yeah, it was easy. It was kind of an easy game to kind of get your, you know, first first uh, AFL game in. Yeah. I was, um I, I saw bits and pieces flicking between, but what I was surprised about mm. was how thick he looked as a rookie. I think uh, he's been to Hef's gym preseason gym workout because yeah, he, he's he's got some bit of girth to him, bit of pipes. Um, early days in his career, I actually quite liked what I saw. You know, you're not going to get huge scores out of him early days though. And the second part of the question was um, Tar and Thomas Holder. So this is Andrews. He's holding Tar and Thomas. Should I be moving him on, or are we confident he is going to be that premium player moving forward? I think that's an obvious one. He's going to oh. be a gun. Oh, yeah. No way, Don't mate. Hold on. Hold, hold the faith. Yeah. Uh, Jason Beck. Yeah, in fact, buy low. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jason Beck. Um, if, you've got an, if you've got somebody in the league like that. Jason Beck is asking, um, is Fort Worth picking up as a ruckman? Um, <laughs> Fort Worth. I don't know what you guys think, but I think oh, Fort Worth. I get it. Um, I don't know if I love it playing in tandem with Oscar McInerney, but he can score a 70. So it depends on your ruck situation. I wouldn't be picking up to be like a primo, but if you've got no other option, it's a handy option. I think that's the that's the case there. Oh, how deep would you... Yeah, if you, it must be a deep league if you're looking at him as a ruck option. You'd want him as a F6. Unless he's... um Oh, that's true. He's just at four sets, But yeah, unless he's got injuries, which is probably the uh, the issue there. And if that's the case, then yeah, he's probably worth picking up if that's who's going to replace your injury ruckman. Um, James Trier, uh, is it time to ditch Lockie Ash? Kays, you're a proud owner. I'm not sure if proud's the word these days, but is it time to ditch him? If someone came from a trade, would you be thinking about yes, moving him on? but they're going to lowball you. Um, I think if you can hold, he might be worth holding. He's got the defender status, He's tagging now. Was I'm he tagging torn. again on think, the weekend? I that think was he's my game to watch, and I don't. Yeah, he was, wasn't he? Yes, he was. Yeah. Um, he shut down. He shut down. Um, Brayshaw. 
Yeah, sorry, Kaz, you're breaking up a little bit there. But um, yeah, like, so in that tag role, the thing is with the tag, it's not going to last forever with someone like him as well. And the tags come like back in, vo- in vogue, in and out of vogue. So yeah, I don't um, I don't think it's going to last mm. too long. Um, we'll move on to the last question. Um, what did the, tr- oh, this is from <laughs> Anonymous Tweeter. Uh, what did the trudge score in the VFL on the weekend? Uh, oh, geez, who, yeah, who would have thought? I can help you out with this one. Joel Trudgeon, <laughs> the trudge for Carlton. He had so me and me and Dossie He's better than Paddy Dow. The trudge, he is yeah, the he's trudge. Carlton and top he'll, be on, a, he'll be on an AFL list uh, come June, July. <laughs> no, let's not go that far. Boys, 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 this is we getting silly. This is getting silly now. All right, so uh, I think it's time we wrap this up. I think COVID's affecting uh, Dossie's brain and it's obviously been transmitted through the microphone to Case because, uh, yeah, you've been a bit silly. Oh, dear, here we go. <laughs> Another isopod next week, my favourite. Anyway, let's uh, wrap it up. Uh, get around us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube and TikTok. Keep a Leak Pod is our handle on all of those. Make sure you get around Manscaped. Uh, support the Testicular Cancer Awareness Month by buying some uh, Manscaped products. Use the coupon keeper 20 for 20 percent off and free shipping and also make sure if you want to support the podcast sign on as a member and jump on there and um, get access to all our bonus content as well all right that's it from me anything else from you boys last but not least don't fudge with the trudge it's real (laughs) it's real (laughs) oh dear all right uh, that's enough see you boys see you listeners have a good week